Welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads, a podcast all about beer from a West Virginia perspective. I'm Erin McCoy, here with my podcast partner, Charles Bakwe. Well, today, West Virginia Beer Roads continues its focus on sort of the Morgantown region, North Central West Virginia, and one of the really best spots up there, and certainly the top breweries in that region, out of Reevesville, West Virginia, called Short Story Brewing Company. And we're happy to have today with us Aaron Rote, co-founder, co-owner of Short Story Brewing. Aaron, welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads. Very nice to be here. Thanks for having me. And of course, I'm here with uh, my co-host, Aaron McCoy. Hello, hello. Thanks, Aaron, for joining us today. I, I want to start right out um, regarding your brewery business. How about giving me a snapshot? Describe yourself in a couple sentences as far as, as where you guys stand. Well, these days, you know, it's a different times for sure. Um, and, you know, times like this make you rethink your business a little bit and sure. try to restructure and, you know, pivot to suit the <laughs> law changes and, you know, your ability to sell beer in your tap room or at other places. So we feel pretty good right now overall. So right now we're just, you know, uh, we're feeling good about the business we're seeing weekly at our tap room uh, because we're kind of out side of city limits and um, we have a nice big outdoor area we right. can kind of safely bring people here and make sure that we're like following all the guidelines and that that's helped us to some extent and also with our new canning line um, we're able to you know have packaged beer that lasts a little longer that we can sell in our taproom location and that's an incentive for people to come here and uh and and experience the place maybe for the first time right. or for people to come in from further away and uh especially if maybe they're from a location where things are really shut down and it's a chance to maybe you know kind of get out and see things a little bit <laughs> well okay um talk to me a little bit about your target market your demographic area who are you wanting to sort of attract to get to your brewery and to buy beer from you or come into the tap room or sit outside on your uh, deck area? I mean, our, our target market is really pretty wide. Anybody, like, anybody who is uh, interested in craft beer uh, locally, you know, we're so close to West Virginia University, so you do see sometimes on the weekends we have a younger demographic here. Right. But throughout the week, we, we've honestly, we see people of all ages. There are an older set who like to come here because they do feel safe to be here and they can have dinner and kind of be by themselves while also, you know, uh, you know, trying, trying the new beers. Right. So we don't think too much about our demographic, you know, it's, <laughs> we feel like the market's there that craft beer, you know, it extends all demographics as long as you're, you can legally drink alcohol. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> well, since you guys have a, a nice West Virginia brewery, brewery license, uh, you got to have some equipment up there. And I want to make sure I'm up to date on the size of your brew house and uh, how much fermentation space and other equipment, that, the key things that you're, you're, you're currently using. So right now, let me think on that a second, we have three 10-barrel fermenters, a 20-barrel fermenter, 10 barrel lagering tank and a couple other smaller tanks. So mm -hmm. I think our capacity is around 50 or 60 barrels of beer. Um, we're pretty much running at 
full capacity. Mike, our brewer, could not work harder. <laughs> He's out. There's just no more hours in the day. You know, we'd have to clone him or something like that to get any more. So where does that put you with an annual production volume, roughly, round I figures? Know, I, don't, I don't even know what our annual production volume is. All I know is we make as much beer as possible and <laughs> it all gets sold. So <laughs> it's uh, some, well, Go ahead. Okay. And just like we've only really been open three years and this year's been so wacky. It's just you know, these numbers would be an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. I, I mean, I guess, I guess, yeah. Just thinking though, based on full production, what what the capacity was at your place. But uh, let's move over to the canning side. That's something that's a newer thing for you guys. And talk to me about what you're doing with your canning operation. Um. So right now, we we've had the canning line, and since Jan since June. Um, and typically we, our, our goal was to can once a week, uh, and to do a beer release at our locations every Thursday. So Thursdays are typically our slowest day here. So the incentive to bring people in and to get people kind of excited on a weekly skits on a weekly schedule is, you know, offer them something new in cans every week. And it, it's worked for the most part, you know, some weeks, uh, Thursdays are crazy and some weeks they're a little you know they do not not see as many people through here but it has had that effect of people do start to you know expect to see those new releases every week and uh they start to call you on it if maybe you miss a week or something you have to you know the power goes out and you can't can on that <laughs> Thursday so you gotta wait till Friday or Monday so but I think it's good both ways it's it keeps us honest you know we know we have to be on that schedule and Mm -hmm. you know, keep the promise we're trying to make. So um, we've loved it so far. It's a whole, it's a whole new thing. It's like, it's, it's fun to get more people who work in the brewery as like our bartenders, our kitchen staff, like they come and help us can. It's been fun to like work personally for me to come up with some of the ideas for the can art or to find really good people whose art I already liked and get them to design a can. So it's fun. It brings more things together. And, um, sure. We've enjoyed it. Um, talk to me about your tap room and restaurant size and space, like indoor, outside capacity. Um, some percentages, you know, would be great as far as the type of seating that you can accommodate. And I know you've recently built out. So um, elaborate on that, please. Sure. So I think our capacity indoors is around 50 or 60 people. We have like a downstairs area that has like mm -hmm. the bar and a few seats. And then an upstairs area where we can seat additional crowd. And now outside, we used to really have no real outdoor seating. It was just a big green yard. <laughs> and if it was raining and wet and muddy, you couldn't go out there. And now I think our outdoor space is about the same as yes. our indoor space. It's like a three-level deck. We're slowly covering it. <laughs> okay. So it's covered and, you know, hopefully, I, I think – People have really, I think they like to sit outside. Sure. More than, um, and it's very, it's around the brewery. It's really pretty. So we're just kind of like leveraging our space better, I think. You but, have additional space that if you wanted to add to that outdoor seating, you'd have the ability to do that? Oh, yeah. We, we joke all the time that eventually, like, it's just, it's not going to be a deck. It's going to be like a boardwalk that, like, goes <laughs> all the way to Morgantown. 
Yeah, I enjoyed that outdoor uh, space, your outdoor area, because it had a lot of different feels to different sections. So little seating areas were quite, one was different from the next. It was nice. Glad you, I'm sorry I missed you this weekend, but I think you uh, picked a pretty good day to be here. It seemed like yeah. the weather was okay. Yeah, gorgeous day. Yeah, it was beautiful. We done with that? We are done with that topic. All right, well, Aaron, I'm curious about uh, current business trends. I mean, this has been a tough year for a lot of on-premise businesses, certainly breweries and bars and restaurants. Uh, How's it stacking up for you guys this year versus last year? You know what? It hasn't, like I said, it's kind of changed our perspective a little bit, but honestly, business hasn't been, I mean, obviously, you can't have people sitting at your bar and there's no, there's no two or three people deep at the bar anymore. And it's hard to tell if that'll ever come back. But I think by sort of changing the space a little bit to, to let people kind of breathe and, and be a little bit separate while still sort of being together, um, people still feel comfortable. I don't think our business has really dropped off all that much, expect, except for during that period when we just couldn't have anybody here. We basically became a growler to go business and um, our food, our kitchen side really saved us then because we were able to, people who are even local who may never drink a craft beer were coming in and like getting a (laughs) cheesesteak because Mm -hmm. we were the local place that had food. So um, it's kind of changed the business a little bit, but um, I, I don't think, I'm not, not yet, I'm not saying it's like for the worst. I think it's just different. <laughs> so the, I'm sure the canning sales every, every week now has had a very positive impact on revenue uh, because that's been a hot product for most breweries. How has it been for you? Oh, sh- sure. Absolutely. I think um, it's just nice to have that visual of, of a can with art on it. I think it really just kind of sells itself a little more. Um, there's, but there's still, there's a funny thing. There's still people who really like to feel growlers like, People will come in with their growler and like they're just dead set on filling it like uh i'll be like well that beer is in cans right there and it's going to last a lot longer and they're like no i want i want to fill my growler I don't, there's just some, I, so i think there, there's, there's some people who are still uh still getting used used to that a little bit um makes sense um, can you tell me what uh brands and styles are selling the most for short story brewing um IPAs always sell really well here. We always have a pretty good variety. Right now we have a lot of IPAs on, but they're all selling pretty evenly. Um, uh, Anytime we have our loggers on, those go quick. I think our quickest, I think the quickest can um, release sellouts were uh, our Argonaut, uh, that's our Hellas lager, and two for the show, the first batch of it sold pretty quick as well, so. Are you seeing the same um, type of sales as far as your best sellers in your cans as well as your tap room or does it vary? I think it, I think it, uh, it seems to go hand in hand. Um, whatever, if, if anytime there's a new beer on that's brand new, those are always the best seller for that week. So right. <laughs> some of the classic. Okay, then talk about this, the styles or brands that are slower, that aren't, just aren't moving as fast in the tap room and or can sales. Like um, we have a bourbon barrel aged stout on right now, fell asleep like this, and those beers always just move a little slower. Right. Um, we also, since we have a limited amount, we don't fill growlers of it. Um, so those 
kind of stay on longer, but we almost kind of want them to because, you know, those are intense beers to make. So if you can kind of sure. have them longer and it, it kind of helps. Um, uh, yeah, I would say anytime you have something that's a little higher ABV, those are always going to move a little slower. You have people who are like, love those beers a lot, but not everybody wants that 9%. I know. guess one of the things that I'd be curious about, Aaron, too, is like the momentum of some of the different styles. Like I know you've started doing a lot more of fruited sours occasionally at least. And and like you said, maybe certain ones of the... the uh, hazies uh, ipas whether it be the doubles or the triples i don't know which ones might sell quicker but are there certain ones that seem to have more momentum when you do put them out that they sell through quicker i know you said the argonaut does or at least the loggers sometimes do but how about within some of the other ones are there things you've noticed from a year ago that's at all shifted in, in popularity i think sours definitely are still yeah. really popular especially right. like a low abv kind of Session sour session sour is always going to sell well. Um, it's something you can sell to the non craft beer <laughs> drinker, <laughs> that, which, always, which always helps. Um, so there's definitely that trend is definitely there, and there's a lot of good breweries in the state right now making really good sours. Mm -hmm. I mean, Morgantown Brewing has that awesome series of sours that I love, and um. So I definitely see, I think the trend is still there for the sours. It's definitely, I think a year ago, people maybe thought that was a little bit more of like a, a fluke or it was something that wasn't going to last, but mm -hmm. a fad sort of, I think they're definitely here, here to stay. Um, we're getting ready to release some, some milk stouts. Um, and it's hard to tell, like I, that'll be a first for us. So we're kind of intrigued to see how those do. Yeah, that will be too. And, because we also have holiday season come up, uh, are you planning a few special beers for the holiday season? So uh, we're definitely going to do our, our Dunkel, Captain Eye. We kind of consider that one of our holiday beers just because it's like a dark, easy drinking um, beer. Uh, nothing that's like super tied to the holidays, just really a lot of darker beers. So we'll have that. Yeah. We'll have our Huntback Brown Ale coming back. Uh, we'll have those two milk stouts. We're doing a raspberry one and a Mexican hot chocolate one. So yeah. those will, yeah. I think those will keep people happy, you know, at least. Oh, in the yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what is the short stories outlook as far as winter and, you know, surviving winter? How are you going to try to attract and retain business? Hmm, that's a, that's a good, that's a good question. Uh, heat lamps on our deck. <laughs> well, I, I expect that. <laughs> sort of just making it so uh just try to extend the season as long as possible um but we do know at least we know that if things were to get if, if the rules or the, the laws were to kind of change back and tighten up a little bit we do feel like we have if we put that system in place where if we have to go back to doing growlers and cans and take out food we've, we've already built an online store to do that stuff so right. you know winters are always slower here sure <laughs> So um, you're always kind of planning on it in terms of how you're staffing and your, your brewing schedule. But this year's definitely going to be, you know, just a wait and see week to week, you know. So as far as survival, you're just trying to just roll with the punches and keep it going. We, we definitely don't. I guess we're blessed in that we're not thinking like survival necessarily. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you know, yeah. How good can it be or 
can we just make sure that we can keep our full staff on, you know, I don't, I, if it gets so bad or we're thinking survival, I think it'll be, we'll have bigger things <laughs> to <Yeah>. worry about. <laughs> so uh, overall though, from your Reevesville location, you guys have been pretty happy with the, your customer's response during this pandemic? Oh, absolutely. Without them, we wouldn't have, I guess to talk yeah. survival, I mean, that those first couple months when we went from being fully operational to um, basically just sitting here trying to figure out what we were, what to do, because no one was, no one was buying beer and kegs. So that distribution dropped off. Um, you weren't sure if you could bring people in or the, there at the beginning, you know, things were just so in question. Um, but our customers stepped up, they kept coming in, they kept, you know, buying beer. So thanks to them. How big a role is distribution playing for you today? You know, getting beer out to other accounts. Um, our distribution these days is very tight. We, because we're, because we're canning and selling, trying to sell more beer here, um, we're being a little bit more precious with um, the beer we have in kegs. We try to just do right by the accounts that have been with us from, since the beginning. And if there's some extra beer left over, you know, we'll, we'll get it in the hands of whoever is asking for it. <laughs> but okay. we've definitely, we're de our, our footprint in terms of distribution is much smaller currently. Well, you also have your uh, outlet in Maryland, Deep Creek Lake, Maryland. And we're thinking of wintertime, and that's certainly one that would probably tend to pick up a little in winter, at least business-wise, could pick up because of the ski area. Is that sure. what you're, you're looking forward to that? I mean, is that like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, if, if, if the mountain, if there's, we, we want worse weather up there, honestly, like when we, <laughs> when I drive, when I drive there to, to, uh, to bartend, I want there to be snow on the roads, because I know that there'll be people on the mountain. Um, so hopefully, everything I've heard is that Wisp is, is going to open in some capacity, and hopefully the weather um, helps them, you know, that's a big part of that area. And um, we're kind of just, you know, how, how well they do is how well we'll do, honestly. Well, enough just talking about these wonderful I'm short thirsty. story beers. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> we are thirsty. Too. We are so, Aaron, what do we have over there? Let's um, see. We're going well, right to pull now, out. I'm drinking, I'm drinking the two for the show, double IPA. Wanna... Well, since you're already opening, we'll do the two for the show as well. We, we will. And here is uh, the yeah, can for our two viewers. Two for the show. It's a, which is very cool. Like a double IPA, hazy. Hazy New England style. It's got a nice body to it. I love the label. Yeah, you can go ahead and talk about it as we're pouring here. We yes. want to keep it going. So this is a uh, Columbus Citra and Amarillo hops. So put us some class, more of the classic hops. Uh, a lot of our, a lot of our newer IPAs, we're just constantly experimenting with, you know, whatever we can get our hands on some from, from anywhere buying hops in very small amounts with hopes that we can one day make a beer with them. But this is just a good classic New England style you know, I, IPA. I think if you go on untapped, I think it's our best, best rated beer. Yes, uh, we, we kind of checked that out. It's, it definitely has a great rating. It's uh, four point, let's see, 4.04 is an average, but that's out of 900 and some people that have actually posted about it. Yeah, any, any, that's excellent. Anytime beers get over four, that means it's a very, yeah. very excellent rating. 
That's good. I mean, that's good to see. And this, oh boy, this Delicious. is um, very juicy. I would, I'd call yeah, it. Yeah, definitely very juicy. Juicy and smooth. smooth. So smooth. How do you get it so smooth? What does Mike do? And and you might, <laughs> you might want to give a little introduction to your brewer, Mike, while we're drinking oh, the beer you make here. So Mike's, uh, Mike's uh, my my brother-in-law for one thing. Um, he's our head brewer. He's been brewing for ten to twelve years. I, I, his his big thing is really just consistency and uh, precision, I would say, when he brews. He wants to know if he makes a beer one time, then he can make it over and over again, and that it always tastes exactly the same. So with a beer like this, you know, that's just really important, you know. Sure. People, people who tend to like these beers, they tend to want to try as many of them as they can. <laughs> from everywhere, from Vermont, from the, from the Northeast. So you have like a high bar for a beer like this and you want sure. to sort of make sure that you can hit it every time. Yeah, and, and like, as you said, people, customers trying it from different areas, of course, they're gonna compare what you're producing to what they've had in other areas. And this is definitely right there. This It's great beer. Yeah, I, I found your bartender, your lead bartender, I think Avery, is that her? Oh, Avery, yeah, yeah. Avery, her name, yeah. She was very high on this beer, too, and she we talked about it for a while. I don't mean she was high, literally. <laughs> she, was, she was positive. Well, I guess I talked to her about that. I don't yeah, know. She, she was working. She was very sober, so, yeah. <laughs> she talked the, very yeah. highly. She was about talking yeah, highly about this beer and about her appreciation for it, and, and I said, you know, I've had it before. I need to reacquaint myself, because this one's been one that you've made for a while or that Mike's made off and on. Through the through the uh, years, right? Yeah, yeah. We we pretty much if if we pretty much brew it probably at least once a month or at this point. Yeah, and and it it's does what? Well, I'm sure it's one that people like in cans as well. I uh, would that's think what so, we yeah. did. Oh yeah, it moves it moves it moves quick. And I think it was probably the third or fourth beer we released in cans, and that was the one where like on at four o'clock, like there was. There were a lot of people in the parking lot, <laughs> which was awesome to see. It's kind of something we always wanted to see if we could pull it off. You know, can we get some people to show up? And that, that was a fun day. So do you find, though, that the double IPAs are equal to, the, as far as popularity, people must widely drink them as they do the, the single standard IPA strengths? I think that's interesting. Sometimes... Uh, Someone will come in and they're not super acquainted with IPAs or um, or pale ales, and we'll let them try a couple of them. And you you always start with like the lowest ABV one or the most yeah. one that you think is the most accessible. But for some reason, it it I don't know if it's I don't know what it is, but double IPAs maybe because they're a little bit sweeter um, and there's a little more body to the beer. There there's something about it that. Think attracts people more than a regular IPA. I guess it's like there's not quite that amount of bitterness in the beer, which I think turns some people off. So I think so too. Maybe yeah. maybe the doubles are just kind of in that sweet spot where um, they're a little they're a little more balanced. This too for the show seems like it does definitely has a you know a nice malt backbone and uh, gives it just a touch of sweetness to it. Although I wouldn't call it a sweet beer, but it, it, you know, it's not dried out like some IPAs are. And this one is, it's got a lot of that nice creamy mouthfeel. It does, it's yeah. uh, very easy. I could see why it would be easy to drink, even though it's a, a bigger, more hop forward beer. Yeah. And for an 8% beer, you don't, you don't taste that. 
Mm-mm. you know, it's, it, you don't, it's not, don't boozy. it's, it's blended really well. Yeah. It's definitely one of those beers where like you can very easily overdo something or underdo it, mm-hmm. you know? So if you can find one that's like, right, you know, so while we're, fast. while we're, uh, tasting this, uh, double IPA two for the show, maybe you could just name a couple more that you've had out in the last year where they bring, you're likely to bring back that, that are ones you're very, uh, high on in terms of du- double IPAs or just, <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, let's stick with the double. Cause we're going to drink a, a regular or single IPA here in a minute. Oh man, I'm s- on the spot. I'm trying to think, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I love, I love your best option from, um, from yeah. chestnut. Oh, you're talking about um, other people's. I'm sorry. I was asking for yours, yours, but my mind. Yeah, that's oh, good. Sorry. I was just going <laughs> to my friend's beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't uh, make that clear. Or Hagger than Hagger. I'm just going to start throwing <laughs> uh, You're naming some good ones. Yeah. Uh, our other double IPA that we, we still have it on tap, but we don't have it in cans, is uh, Echo, Echo, Echo. So that's a newer one. And I'd say the big difference there is, is, you know, we're using some hops that are maybe a little newer, a little more experimental. Don't ask me to name them right off the top of my head because... The, the names of pops these days are ridiculous. I can't keep track of <laughs> yeah, them. We've heard that. Um, but, it, but it's definitely like trying to make a double IPA that uses a couple more, um, I don't want to say interesting, but just weirder, newer pops um, where you're going to get maybe some more like candy notes or something a little more tropical or passion fruity. So um, that's kind of fun. Like, you know, once you have a good double IPA recipe dialed in, you can start to play around with it a little bit. Yeah, that's what I kind of guessed from t- trying a lot of your beers through the last couple of years uh, that, you know, Mike gets on a pattern. He, he gets happy with a recipe and he really likes, he, he masters it. And then he might hop it different or slight, make little tweaks to it to come up with a little different twist and a different brand. But yet they're, you know, they're in the same wheelhouse generally. They're not going to depart radically from what he made last week or month, uh, typically anyway, from what I see. Yeah, I I think, I I think his sort of thinking, and I can't speak for him a hundred percent is it's always fun when Mike decides to make something new because you know, the first time he does it, it's going to be awesome out of the gate. He's, he's figured it out in his head. (laughs) <laughs> and he's ready to make it. Uh, and then, you know, he can offer variations on that theme for a little while. Um, and I, I like that to some extent because I, I think there's a there's another model where, you know, you just sort of like start making like the craziest beers in the world. You know, you just start throwing stuff in. And, right. And that oh, yeah. works. That definitely works for some people. And, and some amazing beers come out of that process. But there, the amount of like, Hey, the the amount of money that goes into making a batch ingredients, of ingredients, like, yeah. Can't if you don't know, kind of going in, like you know, <laughs> this is going to be somewhat successful. Uh, you know, there there's a lot of risk involved there, and I and I think Mike's always he knows that um, he knows that if something comes out of his brain and he decides to brew it, it's going to be good. And that that's for someone who has to sell the beer, that's awesome. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> I never have to worry about you you know. Um, wasting quality. resources yeah i hear you that's great all right let's uh that's open another one 
Let's see, we have the infinity plus one. Infinity plus one. Another very cool That label. reminds me of the Incredibles or something here. <laughs> I like that. Very nice. The can, was to, the can was supposed to look like an old math textbook. Yeah. Oh, it, oh, it oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like a, a textbook from like the 70s or something. Yeah, it says uh, practical mathematics for impractical in practical beers right many book yeah. references at short story brewing company yeah which is great i i like that person and uh That's when cool. i was there the other day i had my flight in a in a card catalog <laughs> tray <laughs> whatever you call it sleeve drawer i guess drawer i love that and you've done that since the beginning you're still doing it it's cool that is neat yeah it is cool i do love it so this one is uh I mean, this is a really nice lineup of hops. You got your Galaxy, you got your Mosaic, Simcoe, and your Howler Tower Blanc. So you got some classic hops kind of mixed in there with some oh, like tropical. trendier hops, like a Galaxy with something like Howler Tower Blanc, which is a little more of a- Yeah, um, whiny almost. Whiny experimental hop. Mm -hmm. yeah. I it's, get a little bit of that white wine note to it. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's there's a mosaic comes out, I think, a lot. Yeah, it has like the mosaic backbone, but definitely. No, but it, it's the name of it. go ahead. No, well, there's just more going on though. There's a, there's you can tell there's a blend of hops in there. I'm not sure why that hop was called Howler Tower Blanc, but I, I think it was just a name someone made up to make it sound like champagne, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was no, like it sounds I, like the name of the champagne. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe that was that it had a holler tower uh, parent, the oh, traditional okay. one, and and it was a, a hybrid with another something else. I'm not sure what, but yeah. Oh, that is. But it was developed in Germany over in Bavaria. I know that. Yeah. That is very very easy to drink. It's very smooth. Yeah. What when I picked this one for the to taste today, I I said. This is a very accessible beer. I mean, now you were talking about one that you want, like you start people out and you take them and try, okay, sample this one first. And boy, if they sampled this beer, a lot of people are going to just say, I could stop right here and I can enjoy this. I mean, I'm a seasoned beer drinker. I can enjoy this. This is a well-made beer. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of hops in here, but it, mm -hmm. it is not bitter. It's, it, it's blended well. It's got great flavor. It smells very citrusy to me. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, infinity plus one. I like that. And 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 I like that idea that it's a math textbook. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> and it's uh not that I ever uh, wanted to take another math course, but you know. yeah, me neither. <laughs> I wouldn't know the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were you were an English major, weren't you? Absolutely. <laughs> On the can, it's it's the first edition. So this is the first edition of well. I mean, how about <laughs> this is a, this is actually the second edition of this. I just didn't change. Ah, the can. Ah. No, you didn't change the label. Marketing. <laughs> Marketing. <laughs> well, yeah. Mister Marketer, since you are in charge of that department for your brewery, uh, who do you use to design your labels? Um, I have designed a good few of them. One of my huh. little quarantine projects was I downloaded Adobe Illustrator and tried to teach myself a few things. Um, but I like when we're able to kind of 
I have my, my cousin Gina, um, she is a graphic designer. So she's kind of my, she's kind of tutored me a little bit and she helps me finalize things. So that's nice to have someone who can, sure. that you can trade beer for like uh, art lessons, lessons. basically. <laughs> yeah. um, but we've also, <laughs> I like that we've able, and I hope we're able to do it more. And, and I think a lot of the breweries in Morgantown are doing a really good job of this. Is there, There's a really great art scene here and everyone's kind of pulling from this kind of small group of really good artists and we're happy that we have uh, Max Pro doing some of our can work. He did our sideways glance cans and I think they look awesome. Um, you have, that was, uh, say his name again, Max. Max Perot, P-E-R-R-O-T-T. Okay, and he did the sideways glance can. We'll make sure we put a picture of that up here on the screen yeah. on the video. It's, so it's been fun to get to work with guys like Max and. Um, Hopefully, I, I would. I hope we can use him more. <laughs> yeah, he does a great job. His his sister Bren is also an artist. She designs cans for um, Jackie O's. Jackie O's. Yeah, we Jackie we've Jackie talked Jackie about her a little bit on our uh, one of our podcasts because. Oh, right on. Yeah, amazing. Uh, she's an amazing artist and, and making money designing oh, for yeah, Jackie O's. Jackie O's a big brewery. Well, she has actual art hanging in their brewery. Right? Yeah, her art sells in their brewery too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was on our um, our label. Yeah. Uh, we worked with. Yeah, we always work with Kinship Goods, who's down oh, your way. So stay yeah. cozy. Okay. Stay cozy is a beer that we kind of inspired by their brand. We just love them. I love their shirts. I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. I'm using. Hey, wearing my all right, Kinship. So, uh, so they they. I'm hoping we got to kind of work together on our Stay Cozy cans. Um, we're hoping to get to work with them some more. And um, That's great. You got any ideas and thoughts on directions that you want to do, you know, projects you guys want to do? I mean, I know we have to like think past COVID and all, but, sure. but I mean, what, can, can, what are you looking at? Anything new, different for you guys? Huh. I mean, uh, right now we're, we're a little bit thinking about how we might expand our capacity. Given our current space, where it's just very tight here, there's not a lot more room, so we have to we have to make some decisions related to that at some point. Um, yeah, because your your uh, actual brew house space it's full of tanks. I mean, there's nothing left you could put in there, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like a submarine in there at this point. Yeah. I mean, everything you're just everything's just drunk top of each other when you're trying to work <laughs> yeah. so if you want to if you want to grow and grow into even larger canning equipment or anything like that you're going to have to get some bigger bigger space to put some tanks sure sure and that, that i think that would be here if we do it but mm -hmm. uh so that's something we have to think about I, I think one thing we really have learned and maybe it's because like we've all been kind of like hunkered down in this space for the last like eight months is that we really do like selling beer in our own locations uh, we like to be like on the front line of selling our own beer. Sure, we like that sure. model. We like that we can train our bartenders to like know about our product and that they're like our direct ambassadors. And a lot of brewery, a lot of really good breweries sort of have that model, you know, where maybe, maybe, maybe you can't get their beer everywhere. Maybe right. you can't get it anywhere, but you know where they're at and, um, if you want it, go to them. Sure. <laughs> and Certainly not to say that that's going to hundred percent ever be our model, but uh, we like, we like that idea. So we always think about tap more tap rooms maybe, or just 
anything we can do to get closer to people who want our beer, but also be the, that person who's, who's selling them the beer, you know? Yeah. You guys, um, make sure that people know that are listening here that if you want a can of short story beer right now, at least you have to go to the brewery to buy those cans. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's not that unusual nationally. There are a lot of breweries that make you, you know, come to get the can. They don't distribute cans other places because it makes sense. I mean, they're trying to make a living here. You're, they're trying to eke out in a tough environment, a tough economy, trying to make a living. And, it's, you know, you need to maximize your, your, you know, your profits and, and, and by selling the beer yourself, that's the way yeah, yeah. you do it. We need to support our breweries. We need to support short story and all of our small breweries, especially those that invest in canning equipment and put those nice cans of beer out for us. Cause man, sure. we like taking those home. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's well, also just like, we, we don't have enough can beer in cans to, to provide it to, you know, we'd have to be really, picky choosy about who we gave our beer to and that that's I don't like to have to do that to tell one someone yes and someone no right and give give a whole bunch of people one (laughs) one four pack of beer to sell (laughs) because we just don't have that much beer in cans right now you know so yeah so I'm talking to your bartenders the other day and and they're saying yeah most of our customers we know I mean that was that's such a nice thing to see that yeah we get tourists people like me walking in but uh, awful lot of our business, there are people that are coming back and back Repeat and back sense, again yeah. and again. Which is great yeah, yeah. for you. Yeah, we, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's kind of why you do it. It's great to see. Yeah. Uh, we like to see, you know, if, if every week we see 10 familiar faces and 10 new faces, you know, like that's, that's <laughs> all you can hope for. Really. Right. <laughs> well, Aaron, I always wondered, you know, when you put your brewery out on the edge of Reevesville and Reevesville itself is a little teeny town and, and you're on the edge of Reevesville, you're kind of out, you know, a little bit rural. Oh, I can tell the first time you, the first time you came here, I could tell you were suspicious. I, I thought, are these guys really going to put a brewery out here? How come they didn't put it in Fairmont or in Morgantown, you know, because, but when I tasted your beer, then I, I thought, well, they got a shot. These guys make good beer. So, I mean that, and that's the first thing you have to look at. I mean, do they make good beer? And, and, and short sure. story, you know, you guys have proven that. And, and I, I, but anyway, I just remembered that and thinking, and it's good yeah. to see though that you know it's really developed a following locally in the region that people continue to drive over, and it's you know it's a short drive, sure, from Morgantown yeah, and Fairmont, certainly very close <laughs> to Fairmont, and yeah, yeah. That, and that's the best beer market in West Virginia, really, a dollar for dollar, uh, Fairmont, Morgantown, that market is incredible. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, it, I, I, and there's a lot of I think there's room up here for more. I hope everyone's all here a rumor about a new brewery coming and I'm like, bring it on. I mean, I think we need, I think we can support a couple more. Sure. Oh, down okay. in Charleston. I don't know what's going on there. You guys yeah. need some breweries down there. We do. We really do. And we have we a, try to promote that. And you know, uh, we do. It's, we have a shield up. No breweries allowed in Charleston. It's crazy. We, we really, yeah, we, we suffer from that. And you guys up in the Fairmont Morgantown area, I mean, you've got uh, a uh, rambling route. You've yeah. got, uh, you know, two other breweries in Morgantown, uh, basically, uh, You've got, you know, you got things going on, you know, it's, it's, we're, and then a couple over in Preston County that are really fun and good and distributing and making cans and bad. That's settled, right? I mean, you guys should expand to Charleston. Go ahead. Who knows? Open up a tap room, please. (laughs) We would welcome that. 
That would be I, mean, I love. I, I love Charleston. I think I, it's always surprised me that there's not something going on, especially in like is it the is it the east? Is it where Kinship is? Like is that the east end or the west end? I forget. I get no, them backwards. They, they call that uh, Elk City. Yeah. Elk City. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a west side, but it's Elk, called Elk City. Elk right. City area. Yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah, that, that just seems like it's asking for a couple of breweries. Well. It is, yeah, it is, and, it, and we need something over there desperately. Yeah, we would welcome, welcome them very much, sir. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, forget the, 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 the future, the, the long-term future. <laughs> we got to deal with uh, getting through this winter and getting it, mm-hmm. over COVID, and uh, let's, let's all support our local breweries, get yes. out here and take the time to go to the brewery, buy the beer there, and uh, help guys. these guys make a living and, and keep making really good beer for, for, the, for, the, for those of us who like different and variety beers. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys- well, I think it wraps it up, Aaron. Uh, so. Aaron and Aaron, thank you. Aaron wrote Short Story Brewing. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, talking to us about the uh, wonderful things that are going on at your place. Anytime, guys. Thank you guys for being such good stewards of the beer culture around here hey we're trying it thank you for your time all right hey thanks we appreciate see ya thanks all right this brings us to the close of another podcast remember you can subscribe on apple spotify or your favorite podcast host thank you for listening to west virginia beer roads west virginia beer roads is a production of brilliantstream.com